Well, hey, howdy, hey. So we're uh, we're going to be switching it up for um, probably the foreseeable future. I'm not sure how long, uh, but we're essentially going to be adding a um, going to be kind of splitting the podcast up into two segments. So. Uh, on Tuesdays, I know which gets released on most Wednesdays, uh, we will be, it'll be Stuart and myself. And on Thursdays, which gets released generally on Fridays, sometimes that one does get released late. Like today, we're actually recording this on Sunday. Um, that will be with my wonderful wife, Alyssa, and myself. We'll be talking about mostly, I, I see probably mostly marriage topics um, and so on and so forth. And before we get started on that, um, since last podcast we talked about like strange foods, I had Alyssa try the um, the mayo, and uh, it was mayo and peanut butter, yeah. right? It was peanut yeah, butter peanut butter and mayo. I, I did not partake of this. Now we've talked about this, and we actually might be talking more about this when Stuart gets here on Tuesday, because I know for sure. We're going to be doing some, uh, we're going to be doing some trying of things on Tuesday. And uh, we might be trying more than I want to try because I think we actually had a, uh, we actually had a listener that reached out uh, to Stuart about a, uh, some, some other weird foods. So um, we might be, there's some interesting combinations out there. And I can't remember, I know my, uncle my mom's youngest brother had some kind of weird combination that he liked mixing up i want to say it was like mustard and chocolate or something weird it was it was something you would not like you know peanut butter and mayonnaise you wouldn't put those two together one that you definitely need to try no no no. Is, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i don't you, you, you the, way, the way you started that i'm saying i don't you definitely need to try animal crackers dipped in salsa yeah, but that so that seems like it would work. Like you actually don't have to sell me that hard on that one. <laughs> you still should try it. I mean, yeah. But that's not like crazy. Sorry, I'm smoking a cigar, so I'm trying to get it to peanut uh, butter and mashed potatoes doesn't taste too bad either. Oh, so you lost me with the mashed potatoes part. Like, how does that even do sound? You, it doesn't even sound do attractive. Do you like uh, the pinwheel? Like, like the pinwheel I, I like the individual of everything you just said. I like the individual ingredients by themselves. Do you like the peanut butter pinwheel candy? Pe it's the thing that's wrapped up and it's like it has peanut butter swirled in the middle. It's I white. have no idea what you're talking about. You got them for me uh, before. Um, boo, 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 boo. Are you talking about like the stuff that I got at Ingles? Those yeah. little, they're like cinnamon rolls, but not. Yeah, they're, they okay. look like cinnamon rolls, but they're peanut butter and they're white. Those are actually called potato candy because it is potatoes that have peanut butter in it. So you've tried it before, but just not with the sugar added. Because you added ton of powdered sugar for that and i only know this because where i worked before i had jacoda they would make that by hand Ugh. 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 i'm out on that <laughs> <coughs> i don't know it's like 
So I, I don't know that I. Well, I, I actually I probably do. I, this this guy on TikTok. I think I follow him. I don't know. I just do a lot of scrolling, so I don't know who I actually. And nobody cares. At least I don't. So, um, I mean, if you've if you've got a follow from me, it was either accidental or I really liked your content. Um, but this guy he like drags out old old recipes, and a lot of the stuff he finds is like depression era stuff. Yeah. And so they're just using like what they have, <laughs> like cinnamon sticks and syrup to make cotton candy or so, you know, it's some kind of weird and they never sound like they'll work a and B if they do work. Hmm, but how appetizing is that really? Like there was a, there was like an avocado bread. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that the one. avocado bread. It was just like very simple avocados flour i think they put a tiny bit of sugar in it and yeah maybe a little bit i thought they put yeast in it too no no he didn't put yeast in it no it was it was like it was basically the same way you would make like a banana bread it it would that was the closest thing it was probably baking soda yeah bacon soda so you put bacon soda but it was it was very simplistic like five ingredients and it was a little green but it it honestly it reminded me of what you would know is like a, a banana bread so that's uh, that would be doable. I could see that. You probably wouldn't wouldn't you'd probably like it, but you probably wouldn't go to tolerate it. Yeah. Because it's, you know, avocado. Yeah. So true. I won't I won't disclose the other things that we're trying, but I know we will be trying on Tuesday. We will be trying the um uh, club crackers, peanut butter, and pickles. I bought extra pickles because I, I That's have actually a very good combination. I have a unique feeling that though the stew man is against it. I think he's going to like it. <laughs> I think I think it's going to work. See, I'm a proponent of at least trying it before you say you don't like it. Now, if you don't want to try it, that's different, but don't say you don't like it. I did that with sushi for the longest time. It was like, eh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Finally, I had somebody go, but have you tried it? That's the way I was with sushi before you introduced me. No, I haven't tried it, actually. Well, how do you know you don't like it? Because it sounds like I won't like it. What what, what more do you want from me? You know, and and they were like, yeah, you're going to try it. Well, cool. my biggest thing was I the only places so, that I could find it was like gas stations, and I was always told to stay away from gas stations. Sushi, oh yeah, that's no, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even attempt that. Um, so I guess one thing that I have tried that I was not on board with, and I, I guess in my mind, sushi and this thing were kind of generally connected, but I have tried sardines, and I'm so not a fan of sardines. You don't like sardines? Not a bit. No, I will. I will literally like lose all of my cookies. <laughs> and so, in my mind, I since I've I've tried sardines and don't like them, I just naturally assumed, well, it's another fish product that's kind of weird, so it's probably going to be along the same lines. I was wrong. I was wrong. So I give it. I give it a try. But um, we were going to try a nice um, alcoholic beverage. And then I kind of realized I didn't have the ingredients for it. And since we're recording this on a Sunday. Yeah, no, I I was I was very unprepared. I procrastinated the heck out of this whole situation and in my mind. So I needed rum. 
And in my mind, I knew I had Jen at the house. I don't know why, but I constantly get those two confused. And I think that's why I never buy rum. Is I buy gin. And my mind immediately (laughs) connects that to I have rum at the house. (laughs) It's just, it just, I don't know why it does. Every time I've tried, because I have this, I have this little cocktail that I love to make. It's a, it's, it's called a bullet to the head and it's um, vodka, tequila, and rum, right? Well, I constantly try to make it with gin. And then after I've poured the gin into the, like, I can't pull it back out. (laughs) After I've poured the gin, I go, oh, that's not rum. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to have to drink it, but that's not rum. Uh, and so so I constantly have, and I did it again. I, I literally was thinking, I've got, I've got rum at the house. You know, we're going to, we're going to do this. I bought the, I bought the stuff for it. I'm like, yes, we're going, it's going to be a thing. Um, and I did not have rum at the house and it is a Sunday. So that worked out, you know, um, very well. I guess we'll have to we'll have to try it for for another one. Maybe next Thursday we'll try that one. Yeah. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna take a break right here, and we'll be back here in just a minute with some more of the actual content. All right, we are of the backity back. So I'm one of my. Uh, well, I'd say one one of the authors that I read uh, many years ago when I was doing a lot of studies with like the Jay Adams material and um, J.I. Packer, um, one of them that comes to mind as a notable, and they reference a lot of each other's material, so I don't know how uh, like their professional relationship was or if they had one or if they just liked each other's material. But, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a little stopped up. Uh, but it is Wayne Mack. Wayne Mack is the writer of that, right? Yes. That's what I was like. So Wayne Mack has, uh, he has a lot of study materials. I have a few of his study manuals slash guides, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I do, I think, in writing and in the overall, I do like a lot of Jay Adams stuff better. But the one book that I... Uh, do really like of uh, Wayne Max is strengthening your marriage, which is a just a really powerful tool. I honestly think it's a powerful tool in any relationship. I've said this many times, friendships, everything, because honestly, he touches on every part of this book can easily be twisted to oh, a, a best friend or, you know, a colleague. Um, I think you can kind of. The book works in many different relationship styles. Um but we were going to kind of break down, just as kind of a start on our little series here, uh, kind of break down what a little bit of what he says for each chapter. But I think the majority of what we're going to be talking about is what, what these things mean to us um, exclusively and um, what they you know, do mean to God. So the first chapter, which is... Dun, 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 dun. It is. She wasn't. She wasn't prepared. <laughs> no, was she wasn't ready. God's purpose for marriage. Ooh, ooh. So there was a big bang. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no. Uh, there was no purpose for this. It just. It just ha- out of nothing. It happened. 
That's what people would want you to believe nowadays. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, this Mar- is marriage considered... isn't even a thing nowadays. Well, this this month is considered to be Pride Month, so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I could, I could go into detail, but I think, um, you know, the rainbow was not really a good option for them. <laughs> as a uh a flag as a yeah an icon i mean you take what god gave us as a promise to not destroy the world again because we're sinful (laughs) you you just use it to lift up one of the greater sins i'm like probably wasn't their finest decision making uh, it's probably one of those things. It, it went out, and then and then maybe some people said something about it, and they're like, ah, it's too late now. Half the world knows. <sighs> Can't change it up. But yeah, no, this is... this is. And I heard, I don't know, May was... May was something else, and it was like, I, I, I listened to... Um, no, no, I read it on Facebook. Read it on Facebook. May was... I've... I've I don't remember, but it was what I would say is could be equally as important, but there was no agenda behind it. And so it wasn't something that was kind of brought up like Pride Month, you know. Um, Also, we could go on to like topic after topic of being proud of sin and how that really has worked out for literally no one. Anyway, if we're going to. If we're going to go down that road all the way. Um, So what do you think the ultimate purpose for marriage is? She wasn't ready. Well, she is awake. Y'all. I promise. (laughs) She's she's sitting here. I am but like, her I'm... eyes are doing that twitching thing, and and she's <laughs> she's lost. It's just like I'm thinking deeply. Um... You were thinking heavily. Yes. <laughs> were you there? <laughs> um, I mean, hearsay. <laughs> Sorry, let that one get away from. Just kidding. It was my own question. Well, I mean, I know. it says. <laughs> It says in the Bible that it's not good for man to be alone. So, I mean, that... Why, though? Do I really need to go into that? I mean, why not? Apparently, I miss... I'm, I'm, being, well, I'm being looked I, well, at. I... Um, because think of, think of people that did, like Paul. As far as we know, Paul never had anybody. Yeah. But if all mankind was alone, there would be no furtherance of mankind. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I I, I get that. And I'm that's taking it far out of context. (laughs) Um that's talking about like, yes, that's talking about true abstinence and that kind of thing. But but really in, in my my outlook on that that part of scripture is 
really talking to it's not good for for you to be alone because you don't have a fellowship aspect yeah i mean um, humans are social beings so most of them anyway yeah most of them um now do i think if you want to be single and that's your that's your lot in life and you just you for whatever reason that's your thing i also don't think that's bad because you know there, there's i think it's in corinthians um there is that one verse where paul talks about it's it's good to be alone yeah i forget what it, he doesn't say it like that it's near that it's not he, good for men he to would, be alone he would <clears throat> pretty much hope that uh everyone was like him or, right yeah. right that's what it was yeah uh and but i mean he, was, he, he, he sought going, after none of that he was going for like well part of it was the stress aspect and also not being able to like keep full focus on god because you would be concerned about pleasing your spouse and raising a family right, and all right, that you right. couldn't go out to your fullest he was looking at god. it from much more of like a monk's perspective <laughs> yes and yeah, I mean, obviously everyone cannot do that. And Paul even made that clear. He said that it's better for uh, people to marry than to burn with passions. So. Right, right. Um, and depending on what that, that's one that like, depending on the verse or the version you have in front of you, that very much differs. It does. Um, uh, some of it says burn, some of it says burn with passion, some of it some of it says like I, I forget. There, there's some there's some worse versions. Um but you know, I think the ultimate the ultimate like purpose I think it has a dual purpose, but they're both kind of the same purpose. Um I think the big the big picture is to glorify God. Yeah. Now, the side note, it's like the small picture to get to the big picture, the small picture is it gives us as Christians an identifier because us as Christians, like people, people in general, humans, we are very visual beings. We need it to be spelled out to us as clear as it can possibly be for us to really understand all of it in its entirety. You know, um, we're very direction oriented. Like if I tell you to go to the store down the road, you want to know what store, right? And how do you get there? We're very, we need that constant knowledge. And, and that's, that's why half the world, if not more, uses GPSs now. You know, it's a constant reminder of the structure, where roads are, this kind of thing. And, and though that is probably a bad analogy, um, Marriage in itself is a direct kind of model for Christ in the church. And so in order for you to model Christ in the church, you really need to understand marriage. And marriage is like a firsthand like trial by fire version of that. It really is. And then you can understand all of what Jesus has gone through to preserve the church, preserve the marriage, and then in doing that, you end up glorifying God. So it's like big picture, glorifying God. But really, it's kind of our sanctification to know what Christ went through. Because we can all read the stories. We can all read the Bible. We can all, you know, to an extent, understand the pain that Christ went through. But why did he do it? 
what was the reason behind it? That's kind of what the, the structure of marriage is designed to help us understand. Just like he was always talking to people in parables. Like this is, yeah. you know, um, are you going to understand it instantly? No, but it's one of those things that you walk away and you're like, ah, I, know, I know what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense now. Kind of the same. I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I, I mean, I, like I, kind of... I can agree with that, but to kind of take it a step further, it also goes with, uh, like, it was instituted to make uh, the an individual's Christian walk stronger if it's a God-honoring marriage. Um like there's two people serving God and they now that yeah. uh, that that does go to a different point the object of like a, a God marriage and a worldly marriage and we can get into that yeah. in a little bit um but what I was getting to is in the Bible it does talk about uh how like two are better than one uh and uh like it talks the cord of three strands not easily three, broken yes exactly right. they, it makes it stronger than an individual person because a lot of times you end up, if you're following the way God has it set up, you have an intimate accountability partner mm -hmm. because you have somebody who is, they're not, not going to sit there and just like make you feel good or anything. They're going to hold you accountable for every decision that you make before God. So you have someone who is always there to keep you accountable. You don't have to find someone. Say, ideally. Hey, yeah, ideally. You don't have to find someone that's like, oh, well, could you hold me accountable for this? This is something that I want to do to please God. Will you hold me accountable for this? You have somebody there with you to hold you accountable. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a, that's, a good, that, that's a good way of looking at it. <clears throat> because you are, you know, um, supposed to spend the rest of your life with that person. Uh, rarely does that happen anymore. But the idea is that you are, so you have that one person that's going to be um, constantly holding you accountable instead of multiple people that will hold you accountable on individual um, topics. And with that person that you're spending the rest of your life with, though, the holding you accountable is actually beneficial for them because the actions and the decisions that you make as an individual also reflects back onto them and it affects them as well. So any decision that they don't hold you accountable for will negatively reflect on them. So it's like, in a way, it's like a benefit to you, but it's a benefit to themselves as well. Right. And... <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, one thing that it, 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 it you, you said it a while ago and it really kind of strikes something because this is for Christians, this is kind of something I, I don't think we consciously think of, but there are, you know, non-Christian marriages that do exist. And what's that dynamic? Because um, Though we can say, you know, I, I know people that are have been happily married for many years and they're not Christians, clearly. They're just not. Uh, but they do have a good moral compass and they tend to be, you know, good people. So what is their marriage mimicking for them? You know, because it obviously doesn't have the same uh, meaning to them. So and that's where I think we get into the, the marriage... <clears throat> 
uh, the worldly marriage and the marriage license and the do's and don'ts and it being more of a, and I would say, as, as funny as this sounds, that a marriage license is irrelevant, but I can understand needing one or feeling like you need one if you don't have God. We're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. We are back. So as we were kind of touching on, you know, the idea of, of what um, feeling like you need a marriage license because you don't have anything else holding you accountable. And for some reason along the line that has bled into Christian ideology and a Christian worldview, because uh, it didn't start out that way. There didn't used to be the big marriage license pull. I did a pretty detailed study on it. And I think the first marriage license was issued in, uh, 29. Um, and it was primarily issued for, I know one of the reasons that it's used now is tax purposes, but I think at that point it was kind of wartime and they wanted, identities to match the person they were married to. Cause at this point the church has held the records. <clears throat> and so if a church got burned down, there goes your records. So the vital records department decided they were going to like the government does with everything is we can do it better. We'll just take over. And so they took over. Now we have marriage license. It is kind of government ordinated. But it shouldn't be like it's used for tax purposes, benefits, that kind of thing. But is it really a benefit for a Christian household? I don't really see the the wins. And I know people on both sides of this argument. I know ministers that will not do a ceremony without a marriage license. Just it's forbidden. Uh, the Bible never says we need one, so I don't. I don't see it's forbidden. There's not a. There's not a point where God says, "Hey, you have to go out and get that piece of paper, or you know, chisel it on a stone, yeah. <laughs> it, or you're not married." Actually, um, biblical weddings they had like uh, a celebration that was like what a week long or seven so. Seven days. Yeah. yeah, it was a seven day celebration. They had many people there. And all of those people became witnesses that these two were joining and becoming. A yeah, it was usually couple. it was usually like the whole the whole community would come together for these things, and and that's kind of where it where it's uh, a lot of it has changed. But I also know ministers that will absolutely not marry you, <clears throat> have a ceremony of any kind with with a government marriage license. I I know I know some of both and. I definitely see a lot more standing with the I see a lot more standing with the ones who say I'm not going to do it with a marriage license. And I have a couple different pinpoints. A, I think it kind of goes against the purpose of marriage. So we're talking about the purpose of marriage. Uh, the purpose of marriage, if we're going to go back to step one, uh, the leave and cleave, 
you know, you're, you're becoming adults spiritually and physically you're leaving your household, you know, the family house, and you're creating a house of your own. If for both men and women, you know, you're kind of bonding there. And the only third wheel in your marriage is God. So it's you, God, your spouse. And if you start adding, because a license means you're open to dictation. So if you get a license uh, to drive, you are open to, you have now opened yourself to having to obey um, any law that comes up, whether it be common law, uh, district statute, you are now bound by laws of the road because you went and got your government license. Now, I'm not against licenses in general. So my views on this are <laughs> Amish. I have Amish views on this. I really do. I don't think those should, it should only should be licensed. Um, the only way I, the only instance in which I think a license or a permit would be okay is commercial vehicles. You do have commercial vehicles that are carrying loads of gasoline. I think you should have some sort of permit to carry that on the road. But I a, do. A commercial vehicle is typically used by a company. So right. yeah, that would be. Right. So I, I, I see value in that. I don't see value in an individual getting a license like that because now they're just bound to what can sometimes be absurd laws. Like they're yeah. not even, because that falls under common law statutes too. Like laws that aren't really in writing, but they're just something we can give tickets for. Another thing is, is it makes it to where that marriage is a privilege not a right that you right. have you're just privileged to be able to say that you're married to this person and that privilege can be taken away from you at any time because if the government decides that you're not under the guidelines to be lawfully married to this person they can revoke that license for whatever reason and you know you open yourselves to different laws under laws of taxation um penalties that go further to like you know if someone were to die before the other there's different tax laws for um what kind of taxes you have to pay on whatever money you get from their um disability rights or their pension there's different laws for how that carries over based on whether i just do i just put you as a person on my information or you actually a spouse because there's like different taxes and things that you pay out and so it can become uh, damning in a way for a christian household because you are having to quote unquote answer to someone other than god and that's where i have the biggest problem with it is i am having to request permission to get married from someone other than god that I have a problem with because nowhere biblically do we see that the government should have that right. I have also heard the argument that, you know, that give Caesar what's Caesar's and give what God's what's God's. And since we're, since it is a law that we have to get a, a marriage license, and it's not really a, it's more of a statute than a law, but still, it is a law that if you want to be legally married, you have to get that marriage license. Well, that now means I'm giving Caesar what Caesar's, but also God what Caesar's. I mean, 
you kind of mix taking what is God's. And that's what that's Caesar. that's the way that's the, I'm, that's that's the way I was thinking it in my head. That's why it came out so bad. Um, yes, and so you're actually you're taking what is rightfully God's away from Him, and you're giving it to the government. You're giving responsibility and authority, which the government has no authority over marriage. They don't have any authority over your household. And so when you look at asking permission for the government to be married, then now you're opening yourself up to now I can be dictated to by the government. Um, and at any point that can become a problem or it may never will, but there's one area that it will always be a problem is the purpose of marriage. Because the purpose of marriage is to glorify God and it's a direct um, representation of the church did the church in any way have to ask the government's permission to belong to God? Um, no. If I can touch on another aspect of taking what is God's and giving it to Caesar, um, what are the fruits of marriage? Whenever you are in a godly marriage, it's whatever... God blesses you with during that marriage, whether it be financial or uh, material or with children. The thing is, is whenever you get into the government marriage with a marriage license, that is actually you signing a contract with the government that whatever proceeds that come from that marriage, whether it's material, financial, uh, any children of that marriage is under control of the government mm -hmm. and they get to decide if that marriage is, if you get a dissolution of marriage or a divorce, whatever you want to call it, they get to decide, ultimately decide how that is split up among the two people and what can be done by those two people with all the proceeds of that marriage, all the fruits of that marriage. So th those fruits are not, no longer uh, giving glory to God. You have no choice as to what goes on with those fruits because the government ultimately decides. And mind you, some some states have found a way around <laughs> this and they, they honor common law marriage, which essentially is after you've been together for a certain amount of time, then the state considers you married. And so you end up falling under those same burdens of the state. The difference is you didn't give anything for that. You didn't, you didn't willingly enter into a contract with the state to allow them to control your marriage. Um, any contract that I enter into for my marriage is going to be between me and God, and that's a covenant, uh, which is much different than you know your contract with the government. And and the government has, whether we want to admit it or not, and if if you if you don't, that's fine. But the government has a very broad a very large history of overstepping authority. Okay. We overstep authority in other countries. Other countries with their own government, with their own army. We overstep boundaries that don't even belong to us as a country. Our government does this all the time. And we want to believe, because it makes us feel good, that at the end of the day, the government's not going to overstep that small boundary. We've gone to war for less. 
you know, your marriage doesn't mean anything to the state. They don't care. They don't care about marriage in the way that Christians or God do. Um, the government has made it abundantly clear they don't care about Christians. Um, if the government cared about the Christian, the Judeo-Christian belief in which, you know, a lot of started in this country, we wouldn't have abortion. That wouldn't be a thing. It wouldn't even be yeah. an argument. It would just be, that's not okay. But we do. That's legal. So you have other you have other issues like, you know, um, the, well, Pride Month, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's some states that allow a marriage there. And that's not Christian. So I guess at the end, you have people trying if you're to getting a marriage license, by doing that, I don't feel that you really glorify God the way he intends. Now, does that mean that you're a horrible person? No. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't. But I don't think that that's God's intention for marriage or, to be or purpose. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 not his. It's not his purpose because his purpose is to glorify Him. He wants that. I am yeah. a jealous God. Okay, so if you're giving if you're giving power and authority over what is God's to two, it's it's almost idolatry. I mean, I, yeah. it's not, but it, it could fall into that category because it's God's institution. It's not the government's institution. So if and you're the government doesn't care either way because the government benefits whether you stay married or you get divorced because if you stay married, they get a portion of the money that you make from that marriage. If you get divorced, they get a huge chunk of the money and then they get control over any assets or anything that go on through that divorce. Any children of that marriage, they get control over that all because you don't have any more say over what goes on with those children. You have to go to court and fight for your standing in the court in order for you to say anything about the children that you have and decide what happens with them, where they go, what they do. That is what a court order is for custody, is you have to fight with the government that, hey, this is what's beneficial for my kids, and this is what I see as beneficial. And if they decide, no, it's not, then you don't have any say over that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that, um, <laughs> that's that's pretty much, I mean, it, it's, it's overstepping. It, it's one of those things that, um, and, I, and I know you can have different arguments, I, I've heard different arguments. Uh, at the end of the day, I've never seen an argument for a marriage license that allows God to have what's God's. That's that's my big argument. Um, it doesn't. I've heard some people go with the whole, well, it's not worth the, you know, it's not worth the the trouble or, you know, to worry about that. It's a minute thing. Um, I don't, I don't like thinking about it like that. And the reason being is I don't know that God thinks it's a small thing. Um, you know, God told Lot and his wife not to look back. And that was a, that was a small thing. Just don't look back. That was pretty easy. And it, and th she did. And you know, ouch. Yeah. She turned into a pillar of salt. So, so, so if we're, <laughs> We're dancing on a fine line of how long is God going to take the insult. And I also think the argument could be, you know, that that may be something very 
you know, Jonah like where there may be a lesson that has to be learned the hard way. And wouldn't it have been easier just to do things the way God puts it, you know? So we're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. So, wrapping up with this, uh, the purpose of, uh, of marriage for God. And I think Alyssa's going to read something out of uh, the actual book, Strengthening Your Marriage. I feel like she's probably getting there. Yeah. Because like I said, this is a really good book. It's a good tool. Uh, we just wanted to go through kind of chapter by chapter with our views so that y'all can kind of get a, a, a view of this. She wasn't ready. We are both um, still here. Yeah, I uh, I read something in the chapter earlier, and uh, it kind of stuck out to me, and that's kind of what I was wanting to share is uh, there's a part in here that's talking about... Uh, Do you want me to like, find it? Uh, I, I found part of it. Okay. It's not all in the same place. Um. But, uh, it's talking about, uh, how, uh, like, uh, the God's intention to be complete oneness with, uh, husband and wife, um, and there's a part that says, a husband and wife are a team, and whatever each of them does must be for the sake of the other, or at least must not be to the detriment of the other person. Each must be as concerned about the other person's needs as he is about his own. And it actually references Ephesians 5.28 and Proverbs 31 verses 12 and 27. Uh, husbands and wives are no more two, but one flesh. And this one flesh concept must manifest itself in practical, or practical, tangible, demonstrable ways. God does not intend it to be merely an abstract concept or idealistic theory, but a concrete reality. Total intimacy and deep unity are part of God's blueprint for a good marriage. Total intimacy and deep unity, however, do not mean total uniformity or sameness. My body is made up of different parts. My hands do not do the work of my feet. My heart does not do the work of my liver. There is great diversity in my body, and yet there is unity. The parts of my body look different and even act differently, but with, when normal, each part works for the benefit of the other parts, but not or, or at least one part does not deliberately try to hurt the other part. Similarly, 
Husbands and wives must be very different in some respects, but they must not allow for their differences to hinder their unity because God's purpose in marriage is total unity. <clears throat> and that's where you get that, you know, leaving, creating one house where two were before. Mm -hmm. uh, you have that whole, that whole, the, the unity aspect is being one with your spouse, but also being one with God. You know, that's, that's a big one. Um, because it is that that triune aspect, you know, we we do serve a triune God, and you see that uh, played in the church, God and Jesus. You do see that played out in the marriage aspect, where it's you, your spouse, and your um, and God. And just like I was saying previous, you know, anytime you add something to that. Uh, that takes something away. Every time you add something to the relationship, it takes something away from God. And if you're going to take something away from God, that's going to displease God to a certain extent because, like, you know, commandment one, you know, thou, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, the government's not a god, but they act like it. And uh, if you allow them to have authority over one aspect, are you going to allow them to have authority over all aspects? Are they going to dictate every part? Like, of where life? are you going to draw that line? Right, right. Where, when, where, where is that line? Yeah, you know, how much is going to be too much before right. you say no? Right, and and that's uh, and, that, and that's why I think it's very it's very easy if you just start with the concept that uh, what belongs to God is God's. Mm -hmm. Nothing should change that, uh, and if it does, that is you know directly against uh, what what God wants. So, uh, I think that's it for today. We're going to go ahead and, uh, and pray and we'll plan on seeing you next time. So Lord, we, uh, we thank you for all of the listeners, uh, that are getting to, to hear the podcast and, uh, now getting to hear a couple different viewpoints, which is super cool. Just a way to be able to, to grow our community and our outreach. And I ask that you would uh, protect all of our listeners and uh, if you guide, guard, and protect us as we go throughout our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.